Well, here we are, friends. We are officially in the countdown to Christmas. At least if your family is anything like mine <laughs> growing up. We had the the chains on the wall and you would tear one off every day. And as I've grown up, I really love advent calendars and just this idea of looking forward expectantly and excitedly, is that even a word? With excitement, <laughs> looking forward to Christmas, to the celebration, um, really kind of the culmination of this whole holiday season. I love this time of year. And especially if you have little kids at home, I bet you love this time of year too. It's just magical and it's so precious and such opportunity for creating family memories and enjoying this time together. The problem is, it's also a time of year that it is so easy to get distracted, to fill our time with things that are busy and that we might think are going to be great and then just wind up stressing us out and Instead of great memories, we might have great photos, but do they actually represent a, a fun and meaningful time of connection? It is my hope and my prayer and my plan today in this podcast episode to walk through 10 simple, realistic ideas for how you can keep your focus during these holidays on the things that are actually most important. And I would identify those as Jesus. He is the reason for the season, as they say, his birthday's coming up. So keeping Jesus at the center, keeping family time at the center, meaningful, <laughs> memorable family time, and keeping gratitude at the center. Those are the three things that I believe are important for every Christian family to focus on during the countdown to Christmas. And so today we're going to talk through these 10 simple ideas, and I hope you walk away with one or two that feel realistic and doable and helpful for your family. And we will circle back on Friday specifically to the church calendar season of Advent, which you may or may not be really all that familiar with. There's a lot of churches these days that don't really focus on the church calendar, the history of that, um, but Advent is a season that really fits with this countdown to Christmas. And so we're going to specifically dive into Advent-related ways that you can disciple your kids and enjoy the month of December with your family. Um, so today's ideas are a little bit broader than that, really just whether you consider it Christmas time or Advent or the holidays, however you think about it with your family, keeping Jesus, family, and gratitude at the center. It's going to be practical and um, and quick. They're all realistic ideas. <laughs> but let's go ahead and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. All right, so this is episode 106 of the Love Your People Well podcast, and as we dive into these 10 ideas 
to keep your holiday season focused on the most important things, Jesus, family time, and gratitude. Um, I want to make sure to remind you, (laughs) uh, you know, I like to highlight a lot of resources and things like that, but let me just remind you that the holidays are not about spending money. Okay, I'm not going to suggest a single resource right now that would cost you money. Now, some of the ideas that we'll talk about, you might want to um, spend some money to make it happen for your family or whatever that might be. Um, But, and maybe I'm thinking about this because I'm recording this episode right after Black Friday, and actually it's Cyber Monday, that's a thing now, and... I'm saying that out loud thinking, shoot, there was actually a sale today that I intended to take advantage of and buy some new blinds for my living room. Ah, well, these things come and go and I'm not going to deal with it right now, (laughs) but that's probably why it's on my mind. So let me just remind you, it's not about spending money. It's not about the presents. It's not about the stuff. I'm not going to suggest a single thing right now that would cost you money. If you decide you want something based on what we talk about, great, go for it. But uh, let's just settle that up front to keep the focus where you want it to be. It can't simultaneously be on the money and the presents and the wrapping paper and all the stuff. So uh, maybe I'll just point you to the resources on our free website, (laughs) loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash free. We have quite a few resources there that indeed are totally free. And of course, there's plenty of great stuff over the rest of the internet and all sorts of places. Um, So that is my resource for today. (laughs) It's just to remember that it's not about spending money. And at the end of our episode, I will mention a few other podcast episodes that we have done that are relevant to this topic of conversation. Um, And I'll also, while I'm at it, remind you of my disclaimer that I am a therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. But what I really want to do now is just dive into some of these ideas, some of these tips. And the first one is to have a daily ritual during the holiday season, something that is a little different than what you might do the rest of the year, something that is unique to Christmas or Advent, or, you know, maybe it's maybe at the specific days, you might typically have some traditions. What do you do on Thanksgiving? What do you do on Christmas Eve? What do you do on New Year's Day? You know, all these specific days often have some traditions and rituals with them. But think about the season as a whole and come up with some daily rituals that are actually centered on your top priorities. So um, one of the common ones now, it's like very been, been very popular the last few years, is this elf on the shelf, um, at least here in the States. That's a big one. I've never done it um, personally, so I don't have a ton of experience with it. But my understanding of it is, you know, every day you have this little elf figurine and you hide it and the kids have to find it. And it's like a fun little game um, with the message being, you know, I'm Santa Claus's elf and I'm watching you to make sure that you're being naughty and not nice so that you get all... No, that's so the opposite. Excuse me. I want to make sure as an elf, you're being nice and not naughty so you can get all the presents. Um, Well, clearly I've never actually done elf on the shelf, but that idea is very uh, popular 
right now. And I think people like it because it's a little daily ritual, something the kids can enjoy every day. It's a new like little mini adventure, find the elf. It reinforces um, a common message that the culture would send about Santa Claus and how you get presents and that sort of thing. So think in line of that, but maybe something that's more actually focused on your priorities. I'm not saying that that's good or bad to do Elf on the Shelf if you are familiar with it, um, but something like that, some sort of daily ritual, um, a daily activity that your family can do that is centered on family time or gratitude or the Lord, you know, a daily devotional that's special for the Advent season. Um, you know, every night at dinner, you might do it on Thanksgiving. Everyone goes around the table and shares what they're thankful for guess what? You could do that every night during dinner through the holiday season. Um, there's a ton of ways that you could do this, but that is a simple way to make sure you're not getting so distracted by all the stuff of the holiday season that you forget to actually reinforce, emphasize, and enjoy those top priorities. So that's idea number one, come up with some sort of daily ritual during the holiday season that focuses on your top priorities. Idea number two is um, as you're looking at the calendar of events for December and maybe beyond, it might include November and even January, um, but look at the calendar as a whole and schedule in everyone's favorite holiday activity and then say no to all the other stuff. And if you have a large family, there might be a lot of stuff on that calendar. Um, but if it's just you and hubby and, you know, your two-year-old who might not actually have a lot of preferences right now, you know, then you could keep that calendar a little bit more empty. And there's such blessing in that, that you can enjoy evenings, you know, in front of the fireplace with your hot cocoa or watching a new Christmas movie every night or whatever it might be, because you haven't filled up your time with a ton of extra events. And you know your family, you know, you might have kids that love to go to the zoo, you know, they light it up at night with all the Christmas lights, um, or someone who might really enjoy going caroling around your neighborhood. Uh, there might be like an annual church Christmas party uh, for all the volunteers and you really love it, you want to go, whatever it is, I'm sure there's a ton of great opportunities, but you don't have to say yes to every single one. So if you really want your season to focus on what's most important, then yes, schedule in those favorite activities and then say no to everything else. And sometimes the best way to come up with that idea of like, well, what is our favorite? Like if we can only pick one thing to do, what would it be? <laughs> if you really had to answer that question, something's going on in life and like we only have time to add one thing into our calendar for this month what would that one thing be that if it just didn't happen, it wouldn't feel like Christmas? Idea number three is to find an advent calendar or devotional to go through with your family during the month of December. And actually this year, uh, this is 2022, and you may have noticed if your church does much with Advent, that Advent started in November. <laughs> it's already passed us the first Sunday of Advent. It already happened. Um, but, you know, a lot of folks tend to focus on those 24 days leading up to December 25th, and that's more their kind of Advent calendar, even though it is not technically the church season of Advent. 
I don't care, friend, do whatever works for you and your family. But there are a ton of great Advent calendars and Advent devotionals that are purposefully focused on Christ. Now, yes, there are plenty that really are more of a countdown to Christmas, like a little fun treat for every day or something like that. But you can find plenty that actually do focus on a Bible reading every day or a small um, like conversation starter with your kids about the gospel. And what does it really mean that Jesus was born? You can forget all the history of like, was it actually on December 25th or in the month of April or whatever? There's a lot of drama if you want to get into it with church history of how the different holidays came to be, when they are, what they are. You don't need to dig into all of that to actually focus on the meaning and the message of Christmas. And I said up front that I'm not going to suggest any resources that would cost you money because I'm confident even for this, you could find a lovely advent calendar that would cost you 50 bucks or more, I'm sure. And you can find simpler ones that would cost you five bucks, but you can also find ones that are totally free. There are plenty of great ones online, um, even some of the more famous Christian authors um, or writers, you know, they have popular blogs and things like that. A lot of them do a daily email devotional during the season of Advent. So you certainly could spend money here, but you don't have to in order to go deep into God's word, um, into the gospel message, and finding some calendar or devotional that walks you through that through the entire month. All right, tip number four Involve your whole family in acts of service or generosity during the Christmas season. A lot of people think about this like at Thanksgiving, um, you know, we're going to go serve a meal at a homeless shelter or something like that. And that's wonderful, but you don't have to only do that on Thanksgiving. You can do that probably any time of the year, but definitely at other times during the Christmas season. And there are a ton of opportunities to buy gifts for children or families that are in need. Um, I mean, there's the popular Operation Christmas shoeboxes. Um, a lot of churches and Christian schools do that one, but there's so many. There's the Angel Tree. Those are just ones that I remember even from my childhood that my family would be involved in. But look around your local community, your church, or the school that your kids are a part of, or even just your neighborhood. What's going on, whether it's big or little, that your family can be involved in to care for other people? This episode is actually going live on um, the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, which is now popularly known as Giving Tuesday. It is a day meant for spending money, yes, spending money, <laughs> specifically for charitable organizations for nonprofits or churches or ministries who are serving people who are in need. So this is a great one to do today. If you're listening to this in real time, get involved in Giving Tuesday and give a donation to a cause that you care about. But really through the whole season, it doesn't even have to include money. You could invite a family over for dinner in a very intentional way or, um, you know, ask your child's teacher privately, like, is there a family, is there a kid here who is always wearing really rundown clothes, or they never have a particularly good looking lunch or something like that, where I could anonymously give a gift to that family or, um, 
you know, send a lunch for the kid or, you know, I'm sure different schools have different rules about that kind of thing. But just get creative, look around you and try to think about how could we serve and give and care for the people around us. And don't just do the act, but talk about it with your kids. Talk about why you're doing it. Involve them in deciding what to do or how to do it. Um, Really make this a discipleship opportunity to not just care for other people, but to build your kids, your family in the process. Number five, um, as you're writing out your Christmas list, your Christmas wish list, I want this and this and this, add some gifts on there that are actually for other people. Now, again, this is easy with some of those gift catalogs from like Compassion International or World Vision or all sorts of places. You've probably already started getting mail from all the millions of charities out there that are going to give you opportunities to donate to them. Um, But a lot of those are like buy a cow to feed a family in Africa or something like that. You can give gifts that are actually to help other people. And again, that doesn't need to be a big thing. That might be as simple as looking around at your child's friends or um, classmates or your coworkers. Like, who are the people actually around you and your family who you have personal connection with where you could give gifts to them with money that you would have otherwise spent on yourself? And this is a great activity to do with your kids. Um, For a lot of families, that Christmas wish list, you really focus that more on the kids. What do you want for Christmas? We're going to tell grandma and grandpa so that they can, you know, when they buy you something, we at least know it'll be something that you want. (laughs) It's rare that we put something we need on our Christmas wish list. But your child could be thinking about, okay, you might have five, 10, 20 things on there that you want. This video game or this doll or this stuffed animal or whatever it is. But what are some gifts that you think other people might want? And get them thinking about that. Get them intentionally giving. Um, Not to just say, oh, it would be really nice if my friend got, you know, a new sweater for Christmas or something like that. And maybe they even help you pick it out. But can you help them realize we're going to take some money that we would have spent on you and instead we're going to spend it on this other person? Like that's going a level deeper in helping your child learn how to be generous, what that feels like, what that looks like, that it's not just like money magically grows and we can buy stuff for other people, Um, especially when they're younger, that might be as far as it can go. But as they get older, as they are learning to understand economics and like how all of this works, help them think about that and wrestle with that, that by buying a gift for someone else, They're removing a gift for themselves from under the Christmas tree. That can be great conversation with your kids. And again, they can be involved. They can think about what should we do. Um, They can go shopping with you to get it. They could wrap it. They could deliver it, depending, of course, on what that gift is. Number six, make a bucket list in advance. So hopefully like today, (laughs) really soon, but make a bucket list of Christmas activities that your family really wants to enjoy And then make a game of that or an activity of that to have fun working your way through the list. And this might feel really busy and overwhelming for some families if that bucket list is really long. But odds are these are going to be things that you're either going to do anyway or that you really enjoy and you want to do and you always kind of feel like, gosh, we just don't have time to do it because life is so busy. 
But making it something like this is the list and we're going to check it off and we're maybe hanging it in a prominent spot in the house, we're all looking at it, you can really have more fun with it. You can be more intentional about what you're doing, about how you're filling those small gaps of time that might still miraculously exist during the Christmas season. Um, and again, when you're looking at the calendar and you're deciding, ooh, should we say yes or no to that you know, Christmas party for my friend's neighbor's cousin that they invited us to, you might, that might be on your bucket list. You might love to go to every possible Christmas party that we can. That's on our bucket list. That's what we want to do. Great. Or you might look at that list and say, well, that would be fun. But uh, one of our goals this Christmas is to watch the movie Elf 15 times, and we've only done it 13 times so far, so we're going to buckle down <laughs> and go through our list. Um, you know, let's just be honest. Every family is different. <laughs> what you love, what you hate. Christmas activities have a lot of emotion with them, a lot of nostalgia with them for good or for bad. And so brainstorm with your family. What are all the things that we want to do? And have fun actually working through that list. You don't want to put too much pressure on like if something doesn't get done, the whole holiday is ruined. But if you can make this fun, like every time we do something on the list, we all enjoy a cup of hot chocolate. Or every time we do something on the list, we, I mean, gosh, my kids are little. They just love to like celebrate and clap. We all clap and cheer and stomp our feet and have a little five second celebration. You know, whatever you want it to be to not only do the activities, but to have a lot of fun in the process of planning them and then doing them and actually enjoying them and remembering what the heck you did with your time. All right, number seven is to participate in some of those extra activities that are specifically going on in your church or your local community. You probably have some special Christmas activities or, you know, Advent um, you know, some churches do their own Advent devotional or they have special services for singing Christmas carols or something like that at the church. Whatever those things are that are very localized for you, those are great things to participate in. That's a great opportunity, again, to plug your children into your local body of believers and have conversations about what's the holiday really about? Why are we doing this? What should we be thinking about? Um, and those are the resources, the events, the activities that are going to provide longer lasting discipleship opportunities for your kids. They're going to connect with other people who they're going to see the next Sunday and the next Sunday, and you're going to bump into them at the grocery store. Well, depending on how crazy busy your town might be, but these are probably people they're going to interact with again. And so helping them make those connections that it's not just this random one-off Christmas event and then it's all me, 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 me with my presence and my family and our traditions. But hey, look, there's other people doing some of the same traditions and we're going to have ongoing relationship with them. It's a really great opportunity to do those extra events specifically within your local church and community. And that leads us to number eight. Tip number eight is to take time each day, or I mean, let's be honest, it might not be realistic each day, but maybe each week, um, but on that regular basis to talk with your family about the true meaning and history of Jesus's birth. And again, I don't necessarily mean getting, getting bogged down in any 
debate or whatever that can exist out there in the Christian world. But I mean, looking through the Bible and looking at how everything points to Jesus. You can go back through Old Testament prophecies and connect it to Jesus. You can read through the gospel stories of his birth and connect it, obviously, with Christmas. Um, But even reading through the gospel stories of the crucifixion and the resurrection and talking about you know, why does it matter that this baby was born? Well, it's because of who he was and what he did. Um, There's every, every word of scripture is going to point to Jesus. And so you can connect those Bible passages, you can connect um, probably stories that you're going to read in the news, or even regular Christmas movies that you watch. Think about how do these things point to biblical truths Um, especially if they are specifically pointing to Jesus, and connect all of that to how your family is celebrating Advent and Christmas today. And when I say go through the Bible, that's probably pretty clear. (laughs) You can read a prophecy and then talk about how did Jesus fill that prophecy, fulfill that prophecy. Um, But, you know, even, yeah, the Christmas movies. I mentioned Elf. That's one I think a lot of people either love it or hate it. (laughs) It's been a very popular movie in the past few years. But there are plenty of biblical themes in a very non-biblical movie. Um, There's themes about gratitude and joy. You've probably never met someone happier than Buddy the Elf in the movie. And you can talk about why do we actually have joy? It's not because we're eating spaghetti for breakfast and pouring maple syrup on everything like Buddy the Elf is. And it's not because we sing the right songs and we have Christmas cheer. It's because we have joy in Christ. It's because the Holy Spirit is living in us. And so whatever you're doing for Christmas, there most likely are ways you can tie that back to biblical truths and gospel truths that can now get you in a conversation about Jesus. Number nine, during the holiday season, this is a great time to reach out to family members or friends who you don't talk to that often and catch up with them, wish them a Merry Christmas, I'm talking about going far above and beyond like your standard Christmas card that you might send in the mail. And it's got that super generic, you know, we had a great year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We love you. Like to actually call them and have a conversation or write a letter to send with your Christmas card. Um, I I mean, I'll be honest, we're sending Christmas cards this year. I don't think I'm going to write a letter because I don't have time (laughs) to personalize something like that to everyone. But I probably will do that for a few people. And I have done that in the past because I want to be intentional. The holidays is the perfect time to reach out and try to reconnect or encourage people that you know who you just don't talk to that often, especially if it's a family member who you know has had a rough year. Maybe their spouse died or you know, they had to move and they're not close to their usual church and family and friends during the holidays. Um, Or, you know, just for whatever reason, you know, they really struggle at the holidays. A lot of people struggle during the holidays. And you don't want them to struggle alone. So reach out to family members, check in with them, say hi to them, give them the update, get the update from them, have a good time. If it's possible to invite them over, these are great ways to make the holidays more meaningful for your whole family. And then um, number 10, so this is a little similar to what I just talked about, about um, 
connecting and having those times to talk about the true meaning of Jesus's birth. Um, but <laughs> to go a little further with that, uh, because you know, I guess tip number eight is really more about like having those conversations. How do we have joy? Well, let's talk about that. What is joy? What does that mean? Um, but number 10, tip number 10, I would really encourage you, especially if you are going to have those conversations, to find a way to make it tangible, um, to draw a picture or like make a little timeline or, or, you know, some sort of art activity or a music activity, something that gets your kids connecting the normal stuff of life, the normal stuff of Christmas, the movies they watch, or we got our photo taken with Santa or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be that is very culturally normative, get them to connect that back to the gospel, not just in conversation, but in some sort of activity. And so again, art is a great one for that. Um, and it doesn't need to be something that lasts forever. Like your kid could play with Play-Doh or something and you destroy it 20 minutes later. But getting your kids to not just talk this through, but physically, tangibly, in some sort of way, do something that connects this normal, worldly thing with the deeper, meaningful thing of, of a scriptural understanding of, of Christmas that is going to be something that really helps them remember it. Not just learn about it like a conversation might, but create a memory that they can potentially take with them for the rest of their life. That when they are an adult and they take their kids to get a photo with Santa, <laughs> that they can remember as a child, uh, maybe decorating a frame with a Bible verse on it to put that photo in of them as a kid with Santa. Um, that's obviously one of probably thousands of possible examples, but just to try to get creative with your kids that you're not just going through the motions and kind of doing the normal stuff of Christmas, but that you're connecting that back to the deeper meaning of Jesus coming and getting them to do an activity that they are more likely to remember. Um, I mean, you could really go big with that. You get your photo with Santa. Well, what? why is Santa famous? Why does everybody love him? Well, because he brings them presents. Well, great. You could have a conversation about St. Nicholas, you know, do some research about him. You could have a conversation about how the Magi brought Jesus gifts. Um, you know, the, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. We, get, You know, there's all these gift ideas you could have conversations about. And then you could have your kids buy a present for someone else wrap it up, take it to them, deliver it to them. Like you can connect a lot of these different ideas, but let's be honest, that might take a lot more time and energy than you have to like think it through from point A to point Z and like connect every possible dot of all these different activities. If you have the time and energy for that, awesome, go for it. I would love to be that mom in a few years when my kids are a little bit older and ideally, hopefully, maybe have a little more time and energy to think about that stuff. Um, but what I'm in the season of is taking these tips like piece by piece. If we could do one activity to connect some normal thing with a deeper meaning, a deeper um, biblical and spiritual meaning, that's going to be a win. <laughs> Even if there might have been 10 other things we also could have done like that is not the point of what we're talking about today. We're talking about 10 simple ways 
um, easy, practical, not adding a ton of time and stress and money to your life to still keep the focus on Jesus and family time and gratitude. So if you can connect all the dots for like every activity you do, that's awesome. And that's amazing. And go for it if you want to. But don't feel the pressure. Don't put that pressure on yourself to make every single moment this deep, meaningful discipleship moment. Hopefully some of these ideas will be helpful for you to keep the focus on something deeper than just the regular stuff of the holidays, the pictures with Santa or whatever it is, the Christmas movies and things like that. We want to go deeper than that. But we do want to enjoy the time. We want to create memories. So take what works for your family and throw out the rest. Don't try to force a conversation with your kids. Don't feel like you need to spend $100 on the perfect advent calendar to really make it all happen. I don't think you need to fill up your calendar with every possible event that's going on. Do what works for your family. So let me recap these 10 ideas for us as we wrap up our conversation today. Uh, Number one, have a daily ritual during the holidays that's centered on your top priorities. Number two, schedule everyone's favorite holiday activity in the calendar and then say no to everything else. Number three, find an advent calendar or devotional to go with, um, to go through with your family during the month of December. Number four, involve your whole family in acts of service or generosity during the Christmas season. Number five, add gifts to your Christmas wish list that are actually for other people. Number six, make a bucket list of all the Christmas activities that your family loves and then figure out ways to just have fun working through that list. Number seven, participate in any of the extra Christmas stuff that's going on specifically at your local church or local community. Number eight, take time um, regularly, daily or weekly, whatever it is, to talk with your family about the true meaning and history of Jesus's birth. Number nine, reach out to family members who you don't talk to very often and catch up with them and encourage them. And number 10, connect the like normal everyday Christmas activities that you do back to the deeper meaning of Christmas with some sort of activity for your kids to make it memorable. And that's what we've got, my friends. We will be back on Friday with um, some questions that you can ask your kids and talk about during the Advent and Christmas season. I think that'll be really helpful. And um, if this is helpful, like just kind of thinking about the holidays, like these celebratory times and trying to make it more meaningful, um, I would encourage you to check out episode 74, which is Taking Every Opportunity for Family Discipleship ideas for celebrating Holy Week, Easter Sunday, and beyond with your family. And then episode 81 was called Creative Ideas for Summer Break, Rainy Day Activities, and Everything Else to Crush the I'm Bored Mom Guilt. So if your kid has a few weeks off school for Christmas, that might be a particularly helpful one. Um, But that's episode 74 and 81. All the links, as always, are in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 106. And um, you know what? I'll just throw it out there. If you haven't done it yet, I would love it if you left a written review for the podcast. Um, That's such an encouragement to me and it helps the podcast grow. And uh, it's really easy to do if you're listening in Apple Podcast, which the stats tell me 
most of our community is. <laughs> so um, if you haven't left a written review yet, that would be amazing. Go ahead and do that right now and then circle back with us on Friday for our Friday faith follow-up. Until then, my friend, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.